Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Working Class Zero. Uh, we had Mike on the podcast, super cool guy, and uh, he's helping support the podcast. So if you could do us a favor, if you like the podcast, help support him. Go to workingclasszero.store and check him out on Instagram, working.class.zero. Thanks for listening. I wanted to say thank you to everyone for filling out the Google Docs form. The winner is Matt Blank. Uh, he'll be getting his prize pretty soon. And if you could do the podcast a big favor, if you like listening to this, just give us a five-star review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Mike. <laughs> all right welcome to cast and crank podcast take two <laughs> yes I, I screwed the first one up and didn't press record on the video camera like an idiot but uh we have mike gilbert with us today working class zero hello everyone and uh he's from san diego big uh, bass fishing guy and uh catches big bass try it's like <laughs> awkward sometimes or somebody, oh, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> not today right yeah. uh but uh we get to hear a story uh he has a pretty cool story growing up and he uh, skated pro, right? No, no. Well, just to clarify, I worked in the skate industry, made videos and stuff for a long time. Okay. A long time. So You're yeah. big in the skate industry. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was, a, it was a part of my life for, I mean, since I was eight years old. Really? 30 years. Yeah. You never skated competitions or anything? No, I did when I was younger. But when you got older, you kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started, it was like a natural progression from going from like, skating filming like you're in front of the camera you're sharing it with your buddies you're making little yeah. homie videos and then oh, i'm a little bit better at filming than others and, and you start to become the cameraman more often and then somehow i found myself in california working for companies so you're making were you making vhs videos like yeah vcr were yeah. you editing then that was more of like a homie effort and I'm not going to take any credit for that. That was like, uh, one of my old friends, Mike, Micah Hollinger from Alaska. He was the mastermind more behind that. And then even into like borderline, it's a skate shop in Alaska. It was borderline. Uh, it was, uh, Jason Borgstadt, which was a professional snowboarder and Jesse Bertner. They were, they were kind of in those earlier days, they were like the masterminds. I got into it later after I kind of went away from those crews, those crews, and you were beyond the VHS to VHS at that point. So what year? What what year was that? Um, it's 
kind of hard to remember exactly, but I feel like it was like 90, 2000, like when I like got premiere and then you were digitizing into a computer and then that was a nightmare on itself. Was it Avid that had the big Avid computers in? I was just on a Dell. I remember the Dell cost a ton of money. So you do, this was like a fun thing at the time? Oh, yeah. Not really, but... Yeah, no, it was a fun did you, thing. You made a lot of skate videos then. Are yeah, you, yes you, and no. You, you spent you, a lot of time making skate videos because at the, like you would make, you'd work on a project for two years to five years, in some cases, six years. Fuck. So you have... You work on a project for a long time and you're working with a crew of dudes. You get to know them very well. It's like a band. Like you're spending a lot of time... What with videos? What are your big videos you did? Um, you worked on? I worked on, I mean, Ride the Sky, Road Less Traveled, Zero Strange World, Mystery Color really? Theory. Those are some fucking great videos, dude. Uh, Cold, I came in on Cold War, or sorry, no, Cold War, Zero Cold War, and then uh, I came in right at the end on Zero New Blood. Uh, not, that video dropped in 2004, and then I did some videos for Pop War, um, in their earlier ages, and I think like 2002, 2003, okay. uh, the dates start um, mixing up. And then after Zero, Mystery Fallen, I left there and worked at Thrasher for almost five years. Wow. So I did a lot of big projects yeah. with Thrasher, King of the Road, all wow. that good stuff. So yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And all that kind of just like blends out from <clears throat> skating, fishing, just a, kind of all over the place. I was a military brat as a kid. So we were- You guys like, moved a lot then, huh? We did and we didn't. But it was just like- you get to you get used to change as a military kid. Mm-hmm. You got friends coming and going, all walks of life. Nothing is ever like permanent feeling, I guess. Looking back on it now, it's like you never felt like this is like, oh, I'm going to grow up and know these people for the rest of my life. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, just things change, move on, bro, adapt. Except was a fishing something that was a permanent in your life? I didn't think so as at, at the time yeah, as a yeah. kid. I mean, I never would have thought I'd been doing skate stuff either. But yeah, fishing, my dad kind of laid it. I mean, fishing and hunting. Uh, oh, you hunt too? I don't now. You used to. I do miss it. But okay. like my dad would drag me on the hunts. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm like a little kid. But dude, one of the funniest things in, in I, when I, I talk about it with my kids, my wife, they don't understand it. Or it's like, no, my dad didn't just drag me on these like little hunts in Alaska. Like where you think people here like maybe deer hunting they're like mm-hmm. park and walk and it's like no you either hike in for a day or two you set up camp hike a little bit further set up camp again you're out in the woods for a week two weeks there's nobody else around this isn't alaska it's just you and your father or maybe you your father and a friend and it's you're extremely isolated but he and he had this picture on his desk for the longest time is he hiked me up a hillside or a mountain and it's, I'm like 12 at the time or something. And we're on a, a sheep hunt and we get up, I'm laying across some shale. It's probably like a 400 yard shot or something. I take a shot and it hits low on the sheep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit the actual sheep. It hits below. And he's like, reload and fire again. And so I, and I'm laying there in a super awkward position. It's starting to like sleet, rain and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I fire again and it hits high. My dad's getting frustrated because he wants the best out of me. He's like, reload again. But I'm in extreme pain because it's a high-powered rifle. What size rifle shooting. are you using? I can't remember at the time. But it, it was kicking hard. Huh? Oh, it was kicking hard, <laughs> and I wasn't holding the rifle properly yeah. because I'm laying across this. Yeah. 
And so I'm just like, I can't. It hurts too bad. It's hurting so bad. And he's like, you got to fire again. I take another shot, just completely blow it. And he's like, you need to reload and fire again. And it was amazing that these sheep weren't running away. Yeah. But we were so far away. Take and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, I can't fire it again. He's like, I can fire it. And I'm freezing to death. Yeah. This is an insane scene to like think about. And i just like, I'm done. Yeah. And so I just take off, running down the hill. I start crying because I'm upset with my father. Uh-huh. And I'm running all the way down the hill. And I get all the way down. It's probably a couple miles. I'm going down this creek in this the Alaska range. Like, it's a huge range going all the way down. And I hear footsteps behind me. And he's like, Michael, 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 slow down, stop, stop. And I'm like, little kid. Just like, yeah. It's insane, you yeah, know, crying. No. And he runs up in front of me. And he's like, I just want to remember this forever. I'm like, what? <laughs> he pulls out one of those disposable cameras. Oh, goes, shit. And then not too long ago, and I was so devastated at the time. I was like, oh, my God, what an asshole. Like, you know, my dad and I, when I was young, we had like, it was, he was hard on me. Yeah. But as I got older, we, you know, we, we like worked things out. He expected the best. But as I got older, you know, I don't know. I think I was like 27 or something. And he was like, you know what I still have on my desk? I have a picture of that one time of you crying out there on the mountain. I remember it. I'm like, what a dick, dude. You so, still sometimes have Sometimes your kids don't know, you know. Yeah. You're so hard on them. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know. That, you know I don't know how no, I started but, rambling but I, off no, on that. I, but, yeah. It's the truth. It's like sometimes your kids don't know, like, dad's a dickhead. Yeah. You know, dad's an asshole. But I'm like, I know what I fucking did wrong. You know? Yeah. And I'm like trying to... And your dad knows, okay... I wasn't pushed hard enough, so maybe he's pushing you harder. Yeah, you know, than you he would have really done, but he knew you had it in him. Like with my son, I he, I knew he was a good drummer, you know, like, and he's lazy, so I know, hey, you need to practice more. You need to practice more, yeah. and he doesn't, and he's always got by on his skill. But it's like, you gotta once you're the best at something, it doesn't mean you're gonna be the best forever, dude. You gotta keep going and. You, and I think that's a great thing to instill in your kids, especially what your dad did. You know, that's fucking awesome. I didn't think it was that great at the time. <laughs> I bet no. I was so bummed. Dude. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, it's like real shit where I go, dude, I, you know how as a kid you think, oh, you know, things were out. If you look back, you go back now and you're like, oh, it wasn't as big as I thought. No. I feel like now I'm like, no, I remember my dad struggling just as I was. But, and I was a very active kid, always, you know, carrying the packs and stuff. Obviously, he's a grown man. He can carry more than I can. But, uh. It would be buck these days. Yeah. Get on so, it, bro. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, just always out just doing stuff and kind of uh, just tying it back in of fishing, just fishing and hunting and fishing my entire life and just mm-hmm. doing that stuff. And I, once I got into my mid-teens, once I got into my mid-teens, I kind of uh, took a break because I was fully focused in on like the skateboarding side of it. Yeah. Like, and then just ran with that for a long time until probably like around 25 or 26 just getting like burnt you just get burnt out on doing something every day for months and months and months and just went i gotta do something else to do and at that time i had a couple buddies that started bass fishing they're like hey you should come out and i already knew how to fish so i was like oh all right went out this is uh this is what year is it 25 26 maybe 10 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, it was quite funny. It's like, went from going, throwing like a worm around maybe the first month or two Mm -hmm. and then just been like, eh, this is kind of overrated. Like, (laughs) what the hell? And then 
just like stumbling online in San Diego. Oh, giant bass, you know, all this stuff. And then being like, oh, what's this HUD? And then buying a HUD, getting a whole new setup and just like flipping the, in this first day out there, like with a HUD, went to the shoreline in State, uh, Lake San Marcos and caught a HUD fish and was like, what? That was the it. rest was history from yeah. there as far as just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to throw the big baits. Yeah. I don't need to mess around with these little, like the worms and not hating on it. It just, it didn't excite me. You know, you can sit there and do it, but it's like, mm. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, like I've drop shot forever. It's like, yeah, it, it's not fun. And, you know, I mean, it gets fish. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, and I but. still, I still did dabble a little bit for that, like first year, kind of like, do, 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 do. But I was definitely throwing the bigger bait and trying that out a lot more and trying to like understand it a lot more versus the worm. Like, cause I wasn't having success on the worm. Like maybe my worm, worm technique just sucks, <laughs> you know, All or around, the crankbait, like other crankbait. I mean, I got the concept, but it's just like, this is like, uh, I don't know. You know, do you fish jerk so. baits a lot and crankbaits? Just big baits now. Yeah. Dude, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm a horrible fisherman. I'll just put it that way. I'm a horrible fisherman all around. I, if somebody was saying, hey, let's go fish worms, I'd be like, Pff. you know what? I actually had a buddy that did that San Vicente, San Vicente reopening. He's like, yeah. hey, let's go out. And I was like, let's go throw the big bait. Halfway through the day, he's like, nah, dude, we got to do this. And I'm like, I don't think I'm doing this right. It yeah. was uh, Adam, Adam Hinkle. And he, has a, he sent me a photo not too long. He goes... <laughs> See, I do have evidence of you or something. It was like me, like with a drop shot rod, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I didn't catch anything, but it, I, I suck at it. like traditional style fishing. Yeah, dude. Uh, but you, you put your time in to kind of do the big bait thing. So, did you have uh, someone help you when you first started the big bait thing, or did you go online a lot? Was online even really a big thing then? Not, not as much, right? Well, I stumbled into like Swimbait Nation at those days. Okay. Uh, and kind of want to watch what you say because you're like, man, I, may, I haven't thought about it much, so I don't want to be like not chronological here of like how everything played out. But mm. yeah, basically, start reading stuff online, yeah, um, magazines, I'm sure, yeah, something, yeah, finding things. And the internet was an access then, so it gave you some information. I remember reading like uh, an article from like maybe uh, Steve. Steve P. I'll murder his last name. It's Steve Pagluigi, I think. <laughs> he wrote an article. He's a friend. So, I mean, he lives in NorCal, but uh, yeah. he wrote an article, I think, for like Western Bass. It was talking about wake baits, things like that. Like stuff that started to like really like shed light on certain things where you didn't feel like somebody was just talking out their ass. <laughs> like, we're like, oh, there is more to this. But from Swimbait Nation, being a part of that like online forum, uh, Facebook and all that stuff wasn't really popular at that yeah. time. Uh, and just, just trying it out and trying to get some of the buddies to like get into it here and there. And some of them, you know, dabbling in with it, like, yeah. which was, it's fun and exciting, you know? And it takes some time though. I'm sure it's closing someone to throw a big bait for a while. Yeah. Catching that first fish. It's like, dude, yeah. I've thrown them a lot and still haven't caught mine yet. So it's like, that's a, that's a lot of work, but the yeah. reward at the end is like no other, right? Oh yeah. And seeing <laughs> that excitement, I have a, um, another buddy named Steve, Steve Lyons. He's, uh, he started getting into, after I was throwing the big baits, he got into it. Uh, an old friend gave us some old Spro BBZs and I gave him, gave him to Steve and he went out on his own and was in a float tube throwing it on like an old Akuma or something, seven foot three Akuma. And he's like, dude, send me this big, and it's like a big eight pound dude. bass just out of this tiny little pond. And he was hooked after that. <laughs> 
He's like, what? Right. And that's the draw with the big baits. Yeah. It's just like that one moment of success can just, and you start being willing to sacrifice a lot of empty-handed days for that one reward of like, dude, I never even knew this fish existed in this body of water. <laughs> because if you'd see the size of the fish he caught, yeah. and the body of water he is fishing, you're like, there's no fish of that class in there. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. You know, that's I think that's the drug. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that, totally. No, that is the drug. And that's yeah. why I try, I try and often tell people, don't compare yourself to other people. Just focus on like catching the biggest bass in the body of water you're fishing. That's an accomplishment in itself. So if you're on the East Coast or you're fishing a small pond here, like it's all relevant. Hey, if a six pounder is giant for that body of water, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. That's, you know, and that sounds kind of like, huh? It's like, no, it's just. The, the state of mind of like you're, you're just wanting to target the biggest fish in that body of water yeah it's, of course. it's that simple yeah you know? and that's yeah, exactly and i think some people don't think of that a lot of yeah. times you know and that's a good point to, to be made if you want to bail under go ahead so that I camera over, yeah it stopped again I'm like, let this be on me cards well i just deleted everything piece of shit let this be on me the entire time <laughs> i guess <laughs> I have everyone's like that, it's just on them pretty much the entire yeah. time. But yeah, I yeah. saved all the... We don't get to look at your pretty face the yeah, entire no, time? I don't like to. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you fish. What's your home lake that you love? Uh, do we give those away right now? Well, my home lake... Yeah, because we're talking... I mean, we can talk okay, so about where... questions later then. But let's talk about kind of about you. Kind I was, of where yeah, you... and I was just making a horrible joke. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the lake that I learned how to fish or be the more successful at swim bait fishing mm-hmm. uh, is Otai. Lower Otai, that's an amazing fishery. It's it's kind of, in, in my opinion, it's gone downhill a lot. I don't fish there anymore. I moved Pressure? Because of pressure or because of? Uh, p- pressure, but the pressure was already, th- like, was always there. Okay. You know, uh, it's just, that lack of trout had a huge impact on, on how those fish positioned okay. themselves in the lake at different times of the year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it went from like, you could start catching big swim bait fish in November all the way through March into April to dude, I've, I spent three months out here and got one swim bait fish. Damn. And those trout had disappeared at that point though. Mm-hmm. And then that one swim bait fish was a seven pounder. Yeah. You Not still, what you're used you still to. still ate it, you know, but <laughs> you're like, mm, where they just, the fish had changed, the water levels had changed, the trout weren't there anymore. Everything was, it, it was just changing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, move on. Mm-hmm. Try and find another spot. Try and find a place that they are putting trout, which unfortunately, they're <laughs> a lot of that, that's all just gone downhill. Like, it's like, where do you go now? Yeah. You know, they were stocking those fish in El Cap Murray, Otai, like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Huge. Those fish were fired up. Yeah. I'd catch fish where, I mean, one of the fish you can't see in the video, it was uh, the 13, um, I always call it 13, four, 13 pounds, four ounces, but it was uh, in the video, I think I call it the shallow stalker. It's 13.25 pounds. Mm-hmm. That fish, I remember when it came onto the deck, its belly like wiggled in some weird way where I'm like, dude, it just ate, a, like it must have just ate a trout. And that fish was so fat Fuck. that I knew it had just, just yeah. been sitting in that little ambush spot, just gobbling up trout because they were stocking those like pow yeah like Perfect. snack size yeah. Douche. yeah you would catch you catch like the six pounders and seven pounders that you're like oh sick and you just see one trout tail two trout tails in their throat Shit, they're gobbling them up that's nice and those fish you saw they ballooned quick 
you and know. then now nothing. They, no, and I mean not the same, right? I mean, well, I mean, here's like a great story of how catch and release works. Mm-hmm. I caught that fish 17 off that dock. Um, another dude went back. I think it was two years later or three years later, and I don't want to not quote the the, the cor- correct dude, but I'm uh, almost 100 percent positive it's Carlos's fishing on Instagram. He ended up catching that fish again after I had released her. Uh, but in, in between, I believe it was my style Noi, which is a friend that I used to fish Otai with a lot. Mm -hmm. He actually caught her too, but on a frog, not far from where I released her, but he caught her two years later too. I think him and Carlos caught her in the same summer. Okay. He caught her on a frog. He, and then Carlos caught her on like, um, like a swim jig or something. I'm not totally sure. But the story is, is she was still alive and healthy, but she was almost four pounds lighter. Damn, dude. And that was like the marking of, there was no more trout being pumped into that water. Yeah, yeah. Four pounds in our game is like, <laughs> she was missing a whole nother quality bass. Yes. Like in a tournament's yeah. perspective, yeah. like a four pounder, you're like stoked, you're going to get that, it's a part of your bag. She was missing that. It was yeah. just gone. It's just like, oh man. Do you and, do a lot of tournament fishing too? No. Or did you never? No. I've only ever done one night tournament, and it was because I just wanted to experience what it was like to fish Otai at night. And I did horrible, <laughs> which is part for the course. Like, I'm not a good fisherman. I have I just persevere. Yeah. Hard work. I grind. Yeah. yeah. I just grind and grind and grind and put some things together. I yeah. Don't, I, I don't give up. I, I locate things. It, like, Do you have a boat? Yeah. What size yep. boat? What kind of boat do you have? Uh, it's a... Tracker 170 TX aluminum boat. It gets tossed around in the wind. It's what size engine do you have? A uh, 40. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like oh yeah, it. dude. <laughs> that's all, dude. Like you, you. That's all. <laughs> that's all you need, in my opinion, yeah. for what I do. The only drawback to my boat is the wind, dude. Yeah, I I agree. I'll be dragging those damn. Uh, they use them on the Great Lakes a lot, like the. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I can't think of the names of them right now. What are those um, wind socks? That's what I was going to say, the, the wind socks. Yep, I'm all <laughs> boop, just dragging out. Because I was fishing El Cap for a second there. Oh. Dude, El Cap becomes a wind tunnel, and you're trying to fish a big bait, and the wind's just blasting you. So I'm uh-huh. like, got the wind socks hanging out the back, and it's, I'm like, dude, it's like being in a glass boat now. <laughs> right? <laughs> glass boat for 30 bucks. Here it is. Got it. Just pull it out of the seat. Uh, clip it on and throw it back there but then yeah. it's hanging up on like brush and stuff like that but hey dude gotta do what it, you gotta do it right? works yeah a I trolling mean, motor doesn't have that much power sometimes oh no you've got the you're on full blast and have it in reverse and you're trying to oh <laughs> dude it's I brutal it. sometimes i just you know? blew my trolling motor up that's why i'm waiting for the part oh yeah yeah i didn't clip it down we were out on the inshore and fuck it it didn't clip down it flipped forward and broke the pen in the housing i'm like shit now i can't fish or fucking I could, but I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I have just pretty much the same thing, just a little more of a V on it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love my boat, too. Aluminum, same thing. Yeah. Easy. You've got a thicker hole, though, I think, yeah. on yours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a low, so... Yeah. But uh, it's a fun... And I have a 60, dude, and I'd take it all over the place. Yeah. Used to fish Diamond Valley a lot and Skinner and a lot, but just... Getting out there is a, a mission for me. Like, okay, oh, I, gotta, yeah, yeah. I have to be home leave before one thirty. yeah i don't get fucked by traffic you know mm-hmm. just like you know how the traffic oh, is yeah. <laughs> i'm uh, yeah i'm so you're pretty good you could you could leave 
Not, you're not far from the lake though either. Now, and I go the opposite direction, but like those Otai days, like dude waking up 3.34 in the morning, I was living in North County and I wanted oh, to be shit. the first dude down there waiting in line, getting all my junk ready because uh, putting your cameras up on the boat, all this stuff that... You're, and you're filming too, so it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm in the dark with the flashlight doing it and I'm the weirdo that somebody pulls up and they're like, what is this guy doing? And I'm like, setting up a camera. Oh, it's so bad. But And just being exhausted, you know? But those were good times. And coming home worthless, huh? Yeah. And your wife going, you're worthless. Why'd you... (laughs) Right? You come home and your wife's like, gets a read on you and then she'll like whisper to the kids like, he didn't catch anything. (laughs) Just because they can see it on your face. (laughs) Don't talk to him. He didn't catch anything. All that work. And it's, it's brutal. Like, I had some great years in San Diego down like Otai. I learned a lot. El Cap, Murray, uh, and now it's just it's just so much different. Like I've put in more time the last two years, like more time than I ever have, mm-hmm. and have far less rewards for the effort. It's like quite fascinating. And you're like, I know, I need maybe I need to change something up, but then you change something up, and you're like, hmm. So I feel like it's just. Just we're just like in this weird little down cycle right now, and it will pop back up. Yeah, with the water high this year, you're gonna start getting a lot more fish like returning as far as making it through. And maybe five years from now, things will be popping off. I don't know. Right now, just in the shitter. Huh? Yeah, and I feel yeah. like oh man, but then you kind of look around and you're like, well, you don't, you don't see a lot of other people. It seems like they're in the same boat. Yeah, like where they're like, okay, like yeah. Some of the dudes you fish with, do they say the same thing that you're saying right now? Yeah, but yeah. they're 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 they can I think they adapt way better because they'll they'll switch over to like I'll just throw the frog I'll just throw this and they're, they're gonna go there and, and have a good time. You, you don't like switching over then? You rather just stick with the bait? I'll, just because that you love throwing swim baits? Yeah, That's I'll a, throw the frog, but even then it's like I won't. I'll bring it and it's there on the deck. <laughs> and then you're like oh, I'll throw it, and then you're like oh, I'll go back because I've made the lures like where I design them so it's like I can put my bait the same place you can put your frog now. Yeah. And so, I'll I'll just fish that. Do way. you fish your lure most of the time? Yeah, at this point, yeah. Yes, yeah. It Let's just, get into that too. That I mean, what gave you the idea? How long you've been doing the whole company for? Uh, started in October 2015, mm-hmm. and we kind of I kind of came out with doing videos first, and then eased into like doing the big bass boards and doing some T-shirts, hats, things like that. And then I worked with uh, Nate's Bates on designing a well collabing on a big trout bait Mm -hmm. and we did that release and it was just a limited like exclusive release the people that got them seemed to really like them it was a high dollar item Mm -hmm. but it had all those little bells and whistles that i thought big baits needed to start and like incorporating when they're actually um for a lure of that size like swivels i think that's a no-brainer this is a jointed no, this is a soft bait, but soft like, bait. so all your hook attachments, where you're going to put your hook attachments, those had swivels. Okay. Versus like, I got a rig, uh, something crazy here, doing all this other stuff where it's just like, hey, dude, you can just swivel. And if you still want to run wire, you can still run the wire and you still have that swivel though. So you're getting that, you know, yeah, eliminating some of that leverage that you have with the big baits getting tossed, like mm-hmm. thrown and stuff. Uh, we did that and... At the same time, I kind of started being like, well, there's other ideas that I want to do. And like, 
I'm just pa- like pausing just for a moment because it's it's kind of hard. How do you like put it into words? Is the big bait game, the swim bait game, is it's like hard work. It's like hard to explain, but it's like there's not as much incentive for it as people might think there there is when you're the one doing the labor. So when you're working with another guy, that's another dude that's doing it. It's his labor. There's not like this overwhelming incentive because it's not like it's out there being made in some factory. Yeah, it's like, dude, like I'm gonna have to be in a garage doing this for days and days and days and days on end. And you you see it if the if there's no reward for that labor, guys are like, oh, I'm not, I don't need to get in there and make it. And I mm-hmm. completely understand. And that's the agreement, like kind of like Nate and I were in on that of like, mm, you know. Whatever, if you if you're making them, you make them. If you, if you don't, you don't. Not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And so, I have a lot of drive. I have a lot of energy. I'm like, well, I, I want to start making a, a a weedless bait that you can get into some of these spots. I'm fishing a lot of veg like lakes that have vegetation. So I started messing around with it a lot. I was fishing Otai still, like dabbling there, running it on those Thule lines, and then just started like perfecting it. Just from there and going, okay, what do I like? What I don't like? Uh, you know, what is something that doesn't exist in the market and what i could see from the hard bait realm is uh there there wasn't something with a tall profile in the soft bait market at that time Mm -hmm. and i have always believed that that taller profile is just a better eye catcher and so that's what i really strive for and then with with developing that, you start running into a lot of issues where you're like, man, this bait really wants to go. Like it just, <laughs> and you start to understand through that process of development of like why a lot of other baits are shaped the way they are. Because so that, that bait took you how many tries to get it the way you wanted to get it? I mean, I mean, it's still being tweaked. Yeah. Like I'm working on doing a, a re-release of like, say the Battleshed. That was the first big release I did. Like I'm working on doing a re-release of that. And that has some new flavor to it. So it's like still evolving. So the first time I think I was probably like five or six, like fully completed options in. So I got to something I was like, okay, I'm happy. I'm stoked with. Then I went and fished that, got some bites on it and then made mother minor cosmetic tweaks that didn't affect the action, any of that yeah. stuff. And you're like, okay, now I'm going to make molds. Did that, did a couple runs of that. And then was like, well, I got feedback from users and so I made tweaks to that. Like, okay, I'm going to beef it up a little bit in here and a little bit here as long as I'm not changing the action of the bait. That's like a big, it's a big deal when you see, when you see people, they come out with something that does get bit and then they get, they get feedback from people and then they release the bait and it's a completely different bait. I've heard. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, what just happened? You know, and sometimes you have to make that sacrifices as the, like the designer to go, well, you know, but... Try and keep it what it was. If people want a little bit more thump out of it, okay, well, I got to change the shape of the tail just a smidge, and it mm. will change the way the water flows around the bait. You know, hey, are these fins that are sticking out on the side of the bait, are those a nightmare when it comes to making your bait? Yeah, maybe I got to shrink them down just a little bit so air's not getting trapped in there as much. There's a lot. Oh, I I, I make baits for fun. I've done it a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it since I've done the podcast, but I have a fucking whole table full of shit. But, but I made a <laughs> yeah. fluke and I'm like, oh, this would be cool to add this. And I started pouring it and I'm like, this is not fucking working because I add stupid things. And I get what you're saying completely. And it's interesting to me because yeah. I'm like, man, do you do yours out of clay or wood? Uh, starting? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I ver- the very first one I ever made was actually like a... a- 
a frog, like a giant frog. Mm-hmm. And that was out of clay. And then I learned pretty quickly, like, the clay sucked. <laughs> it is, I mean, it, you can actually make a form from the clay yeah. and say you bake it and mm-hmm. then start using other material to, like, add on to it so you can sculpt easier, car- do, do whatever you want to do. But, like, that initial clay, yeah, you can get a form. But you can also do that out of wood, just, like, carve a generic I love shape. The, wood, the wood forming. I like you know, That's carving out super of wood. labor intensive though. I would think I, I, I just love carving wood. Like okay. I went and bought fucking all kinds of Dremel attachments and shit. I loved it. Yeah. But I'd like at the same time, the time it took me to make that one fucking mold was like <laughs> fucking my wife's like, it's 10 o'clock. You better put the kids to bed. What the fuck are you doing in the garage? You know, like, <laughs> Oh dude, I, I have a bait right now that I've been playing with for probably six or seven years. Uh huh. That I'm still trying to like fine tune where I'm like, dude, how do I like, it's crazy to go back to the drawing board and you're like, okay. And you make a change and you're like, well, uh, this acts a little funny. So I'm going to beef it up just a hair. And then you go and put it in the mold. You do the whole process, shoot it and then go out and take it. And you're like, now it's not kicking right. So, you know, you just, I can't even count the amount of money I've spent on this one bait, the molding process, all that, the time, the labor, everything, the idea is like, oh, and it's just, it is what it is. You know, it's all a part of the yeah, process. Like, yeah. that's like, it's just all a part of the process until you get into like that bigger manufacturer realm of somebody else is producing the bait for Which you. But you, you have no... I, do you want to do that? I into the mic. I'm that's sorry, fine. That's at the people. pop screen. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I do. It would be nice to have a, a more mass-produced lure, but there, are, from what I've experienced so far, there are some limitations that are around my lures that m- make it so people don't really want to touch it. There's also some... I'm really married to the idea of made in the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's hard. Like, it's very hard. If there's any manufacturers out there that have some capabilities that I'm not aware of, go ahead and hit me up because I've reached out to some people and it sounds like there's there's a couple hiccups around my baits that would make it very difficult to get made in the USA. You know, whether it even comes down into um, painting the soft plastics, things like that. And I think Do you paint your, your plastics too or no? That's part of the new battle shad. We'll, it'll it? be a, okay. Yeah, it'll be painted and, you know, have like kind of... It'll be painted. Yes. <laughs> it'll be painted without a doubt. That's like, yeah. Right now you're pouring different colors though. That's how you do it. I was previously. Okay. I was doing, you know, pouring multiple, multiple colors. Yeah. Okay. Two colors, whether it be blue, yeah. silver, green, all, you know, these, and then a, a consistent belly color. Did you, did it take you a minute to find the plastic you liked using? Yeah. I originally started out using a, a really soft plastic. I love that, mm-hmm. but it can disintegrate on people rather quickly. But I firmly believe like you get, better bites from it so then i had to kind of okay what's a good compromise and found a different plastic that works just as well but has more structural integrity and i mean anybody that's in the plastic game they know there's not too much there's like certain suppliers out there Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like pick your poison yeah you know everybody has some you can smell people's plastic and be like this one's this and this (laughs) this." like you can start yeah you start realizing it a little bit but yeah i mean it all just comes from filling a need of something that I, that I wanted to fish that wasn't available out there. Yeah. When you look out there at the market, it's like, and I don't want to sound negative here, but it's kind of like becomes, uh, everybody creates their own 
version of the pioneers. Yes, I agree. And you start to see like, there's 25 multi-jointed bluegill baits out there. <laughs> I don't know which one's better than not. And I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And everybody puts their own artistic flavor on them. I get it. But like, I want to see like more innovation happen. And I'm not which saying. Which I feel like your bait. Yeah, I don't see any baits that really look like what you got, you know, man. There are some now, you know, and it, it, I didn't invent the swim bait by any way, shape, or form. There's guys that came before me that are far more talented, have done far more, like, greater things. Jerry Rago. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you can go down a list. Mm-hmm. Huddleston. Like, you just go down the list of guys that have, that changed the game, you know. Uh, but I look at baits, like, right now, like, the DRT, it's widely popular, in my opinion, I was going to do an episode on my YouTube channel that it's like the future of swim baits is already here. Mm-hmm. The DRT Clash is a hard bait, it's a jointed hard bait, but a user has, I think at this point, like six different ways they can fish it just with one bait. Whether you put in a lip, you change the tail, you flip the tail, you change the lip, like that's the future where it's a multi use bait. And we'll probably start seeing some people coming out with their own versions of that same thing. Like, Hey, this is our bait that we invented that you can change a lip out and you yeah. know, all these things. And I don't know if DRT invented it, but it was, it definitely wasn't around, you know, yeah. but I just want to see guys get creative. I agree. I, I want to yes. see them do something different, not take what they see somebody else is doing that's successful. And then just like make relatively the exact same thing. Yeah, because they don't want to have buy you had that people bait try to uh, mold your bait. You've yeah, seen, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seen it? Yeah, and <laughs> and I I've uh, I think you, there's only one way you can really deal with it is like, hey man, I can't control what you do with my bait after you purchase it, but if you want to mold them and make them for yourself, that's fine. I would just appreciate you to not advertise it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like going and putting up a post going this is how you make your own correct no i that i respect that i mean you put yeah. a lot of hard time a lot of work into that bait yeah and it's kind of a, a crappy thing to do i definitely yeah but i i get it because i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because guys think it's going to save themselves some money. They don't want to pay. My mom, um, Baits aren't cheap. Yeah. They think, well, if I can do it on my own, I'm going to save myself a buck. Well, if they start getting into it, like, well, how many are you going to make through all that trial and error, the silicone process, all this thing? Like, did you really save yourself money or did you spend $400 to make yourself two battle sheds? Yeah. (laughs) And how many of those are you going to pour and use? Yeah. You're going to go, this thing's a 
bitch to make. Yeah. And you when know? you pour them, you get the air bubble. The shit you're experiencing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, like fuck, man. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, bro, uh, how do you get those air bubbles out of your fucking bait when I pour? <laughs> That's happened. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Oh, my God. I would flip. And you just laugh, like, I mean, dude, you, what do you do? You try and... What I mean, just what do you do? How do you how do you that's handle hard, that? Of course, yeah. and that's things I've learned. Like you're putting yourself out. You you put yourself out on YouTube. You put yourself on Instagram. No one's gonna love you. Everyone's not gonna love you. You know, like and so you're gonna have to figure a way out to deal with bullshit sometimes. Yeah. You know, and you know when somebody's asking that, they genuinely don't think there was anything wrong with they, what they did. No, exactly. And so it's just. <laughs> They're not privy to like your perspective, I guess. And so yeah. you just treat it like, yeah, you know, there's certain things that we talk. There's a reason why I you just, you try and be polite about the answer. I often can come off as a dick and it's not my intent, <laughs> but like, you know, and there's other times it's just like, just cause you asked the question doesn't mean you deserve an answer. I you can hit me up on the DM and I can look at it and be like, nope, I'm not answering that. Like, yeah, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not. And again, I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just like, you, you probably are aware you start getting hit up from a lot of angles. Sometimes it's an honest, you forget. No, so, of course. I mean, like, sometimes you're, yeah, I, yeah. you don't remember <laughs> shit. What are you going to do? You know, like I've done it, but let's uh, break these questions out. We got a lot of them, bro. So let's start with a, a basic one. I'm sure everyone has asked. We had a lot of the same question. Um, Mike Long, what are your thoughts on Mike Long? You don't, you know, whatever you kind of want to talk about with that. I mean, well, your involvement with him. I know you used to fish with him before, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it's. I, f- I fished with him a little bit here and there. We didn't. We were we were friends. Um, Mike and I had a a falling out around November 2016, mm-hmm. just because of just differences. I always kept it private. I mean, it's not it's not my style to like go on and tack anybody. I mean, maybe I did some dumb shit when I was young and mm-hmm. called people out on some of the forums and stuff like that. But as I've gotten older, more mature, I just like, yeah, dude, like it's not a, it's not a public forum to go out there and start attacking people. And I know there was some stuff being thrown my way consistently from, you know, the opposing party, but I just ignored it. I think that's the best way to deal with things is just ignore them. Like they don't exist. Um, this most recent stuff that came to light. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's shocking, but I think it's like, I was telling you earlier, it's like, the video is what it is. It's one dude all alone out there on a boat making some bad, bad, bad decisions. For me, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain. I, it was it was a complete shock to me. Yeah. When I was watching the video, I was, I, my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped, my eyes are popping out of my head because though I had differences, I never, I never thought it was that it was a, it was a struggle and it makes you really start to put things in perspective of things that have happened in the past. And I just, I just don't, I'm not comfortable talking about it because there's, there's the water super muddy. I'll just put it that way. The water super muddy with like everything that's being said out there, the dog piling that's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's like, it's not my place, but I can, I, I know what I saw in a video and it's that, it's that simple. The video is what it is it explains itself yeah it, like that's kind of where it ends it's like you don't even need an article or anything there's a video that yeah, shows there's you. documentation yeah all that other video, stuff yeah, is exactly. irrelevant there's a video and i mean it just puts a lot of things in question for the the, the 
whatever's been done before. Like you just, everybody can start questioning. It's crazy. <laughs> your, uh, your credibility, I guess. Yeah. And that's why it, that's why it's important for like guys, like you see like pioneers of this stuff of butch cast a catch. It's important. Let somebody bury themselves by talking crap for years about butch. You can let somebody bury themselves by trying to drag you out. Mm-hmm. And then all butch has to do is go, Wint. There it is. Yeah. And then that person looks like a complete idiot. People yeah. have done that same thing to me. It's more behind the scenes where they're just like, ah, fake this, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I know that if I think there's almost every fish that I've caught on my boat in the last, since 2013, wow, has been on video. Yeah. So it's like, just because I. Just because it's not seen doesn't mean it was faked in some way. There's some things you just don't want people to see yet because you still dream of going back there and using that same oh, same positioning course, or course. whatever to catch a that's fish. It's like giving like, a bait away, like when people yeah. are real quiet about that bait that's working. But no, you're right. I mean, cast the footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. You may look like a fool out there, but I think the stakes are high enough in the this the game now where people people do want to call people out from time to time and it's like it's a protection like mechanism but at the same time it's also an outlet for me a creative outlet i like making the videos uh i like you know you you catch that fish you can look back on it and you can play that video back and go i thought i did this and then you realize like i didn't do that at all (laughs) like what i totally like fumbled that dude in your vision you're this perfect little hero and then you watch the video and you're like i look like a clown dude and it's you know? it's good that you're checking your technique. I mean, it's almost oh, like yeah. it's almost like a basketball player, or someone filming their game. Oh yeah, your casting technique. You're like, what a fucking idiot! Why did it yeah. backlash? What did you do? You know, yeah. setting like setting the hook, like all kinds <laughs> of stuff. I have it. I mean, this 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 year it's so good. I have a clip um, from this year where you know those things where you just go, I knew it, but I actually had it on footage. I made a cast, and it got hung up. And it was like hung up hanging over like a branch or something in the toolies. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there. I'm so fired up. I'm so frustrated. I'm like, just get me. <laughs> and I'm like, it's at the end of the cast. I'm just yanking on it, yanking on it, yanking on it, yanking on it. And it's like, <clears throat> and it comes out. And I'm like, and I reel it up all pissed off because I was coming up to a spot that I knew the fish and the wind was just whipping. It was blowing me. I'm like, oh, dude. Uh. And I like get the bait in and I grab the line. And I'm like, I should fucking retie. <laughs> but I was already in that moment and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. So I slide in there I make a cast and I bring it in I don't get bit. And then I go, okay, that's the slot. Like there's this little overhang mm-hmm. shelf that she's going to be sitting at fire in there. <laughs> Boom. Get drilled, you know, reel up, set the hook. Oh fuck. And she comes up next to the boat, double digit fish that I'm like, <gasps> and you're just like, <laughs> just devastated but then you're like dude your fault i knew <laughs> i knew better and i got greedy yep i was rushing and all that but on the other side if i would have stopped and tied off would i have just blown over her true like, like yeah you don't know yeah that's a hard one <laughs> so i agree like, i agree you gotta weigh those options out sometimes yeah you know you think about all this stuff or at least i do out on the water you're like analyzing all this stuff and it was like that specific day was very devastating it went through like uh a 15 minute window of like five quality bites. One of being the one that snapped off and not getting any of them, dumping them at the side of the boat. Like this stuff where it's like, I've been working all year for this. 
I got 10 bites. I literally got 10 good bites over 40-something trips this year. Shit, dude. Like putting in the time. So in, in, so those, of those 10 bites, in one 15-minute window came five of those bites. So over all the rest of the trips, I've had five bites that I can actually go, yeah, that was a fish trying to eat my bait. Yeah. You know, and so in that one snapshot of like, it was a very disappointing day where I know I lost a double digit fish, spit the bait out, and then another one dumped another quality fish, seven something pounds, right on the side of the boat because I'm not paying attention. I'm over there in dreamland, can't even believe I'm getting bit. Fuck. Like, dude, I've been doing so much. Is that a, oh God. You know, just like, uh. And they were they were fired up there yeah. for a second, and I just blew it. I didn't capitalize, and that's yeah, part of the game. Though. Yeah, and you have that on video to remember. Oh kinda, yeah, hey, tie your fucking line, dickhead. Sometimes you know, like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we'll move on to the next question. Oh yeah, I went from the Mike Long question into like this whole. Other <laughs> Which I've, I think you I'll talk for pretty, days, bro. Pretty I'll talk sure. For days. Okay. Uh, this one is from Golf Cart Trash. What type of conditions do you look for when using a glide bait and? Do you sink rates play a big factor? I I don't really fish the glide too much anymore. Uh, I think it was a better clear water bait. Like I honestly haven't fished a glide in a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. But the Otai water clarity, like at that time, was mm-hmm. almost like perfect. Where you get like a six to eight foot visibility. I think that's why those fish lit up on it. But then again, too, at El Cap, stained water, like there was a glide bait bite that went on there in the middle of the summer that was Shit. like fired up. I didn't capitalize on it that well, but some other guys <laughs> did. I got some good fish out of it, but I mean, that's muddy water. I think it's, I think it more relates to the fishery and how the individual fish respond to a glide bait versus necessarily the water clarity. Yeah. Like it's not just a generic answer of like clean water glide bait muddy water no i don't i don't know i get i get real hesitant about specific things like that yeah so was there a second part of that question no that was it okay here's another one from uh fishing kentucky on instagram mike what makes you throw a hard bait over a soft bait uh vice versa clarity wind other factors thanks uh a lot of what influences me at this point is external pressure so if I see a lot of guys throwing a wedge-tailed soft bait, I'm going to be throwing either a boot tail or I'm going to be throwing a hard bait. If I look around and a lot of guys are throwing hard baits, especially glide baits, I'm not going to be throwing that. It's that simple. That's like the biggest influence for me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've stayed away from hard baits for the last couple of years specifically because there was a lot of, a lot of glide baits being thrown. I picked up the DRT, caught some fish on that, but at that time, nobody else was really fishing it. Nobody was giving it a chance. There's a lot of DRTs out there. It's glad that, I mean, there people are still being successful. And it's like, people should capitalize on that right now. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of options with that bait. That's why I say that the DRT changes the game. Because it almost performs kind of, depending on what mode you have it in, it can perform like a soft bait. It's not a generic hard bait, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the bigger driving factor for me is like, external pressure like what human beings are doing it's not necessarily the conditions i think you can force feed fish any bait like just how many do you want to catch do you want to go and catch 20 <laughs> fish today or do you want to catch one like is, yeah. how committed to you are you to force feeding them a bait like yeah you know and i, I feel like that plays on on finding a uh throwing something different a lot of the times like kind of what you're saying is not throwing what everyone else is mm-hmm. because that's 
Uh, even this crossover on saltwater, a lot of the guys go, I'm looking for something different, you know, for calicos because everyone and their mom might be throwing that one bait, you know, something yeah. to glide. So you probably went to the soft, you know, and, and in context kind of matters on this is like fishing Kentucky. I don't know what his water pressure is like mm-hmm. out there. So he may want to make decisions that directly correlate with what's going on in the water versus somebody like me where I go, dude, I'm following somebody down the bank that's throwing a big bait. Like, it's just like, we're playing hopscotch out here where I'm more or less like, they've seen a lot of baits. I'm just going, what are these guys not throwing? So it's just your fishery in general, how the fish are being, you know, chased has, that's our influence out here in California. I think Mm -hmm. it's like, we're more worried about what the human beings are doing (laughs) and the amount of pressure the fish are getting. So it's within like that context. So somewhere else in the country, it's hard to give good judgment. Yeah. Good. Good. We're. Our advice. We're in an aquarium out here. <laughs> like that's it's a it's a different world. And I don't say that in like a good thing. Like yeah, it just is what it is. Here's one. Um Chris Frasher, the guy who tattooed the trophy mark on my arm. Sick. I remember uh, that, yes. <laughs> what is growing through your mind when you have a follower and only ten feet of line left? Or uh and only ten feet left until the bait hits the boat. There you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> how do you decide my honest, what to do? My do you honest get the opinion fish to bite? Is, do you like stop and just dead stick it or no 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 i never? that's what i say like i i don't understand and i know guys do it like manny chi uh some other guys are really good at like triggering that bite that's not me <laughs> if i see a fish he's 10 feet away from the boat i'm like i'm not catching that fish right now yeah and I'll try. Don't get me wrong. I will. I will try. It just yeah. does not happen. I've had some like encounters with giant, you know, bass, where it's like I could have sat there and figured it out. And it's like I swear to God, that little fish is just staring there, eyeballing me. He's like, <laughs> looks at me, and you're like, oh. But somehow other guys are great at triggering that bite. Yeah. So what's going through my mind when I see a fish Fuck following me. the bait 10 <laughs> feet from the boat? I'm like, well, I'm not catching that one. Yeah. But I know where it's at now. That's the thing. I give up on it there. I mean, at I don't time. think I'm actually going to catch time, it. I'll yeah. still be the dude like, doot, doot, doot. like, you know, you're whatever, try and pull it away. I've seen some fascinating stuff where like Butch one time takes the bait away from a fish, but he doesn't just dangle it around. He takes it away and flips it like, whoop, boom just on the other like six feet away and that fish goes shoop, boom and eats Dude. it it's that like creating that reaction i've tried all those tricks <laughs> does not work for me that's what i say i'm like but i'll capitalize on it going i know where you're at now and now i'm gonna haunt like i'm gonna haunt you until you finally screw up yeah <laughs> and they will they eventually will yeah uh hmm. No. Fishing. Okay, this one's good. Uh, when fishing super clear trout stock lakes in the summer, what are your go-to baits? Not only talking swim baits, my fish like to hide in big trees and bush piles. What baits would you recommend to help me pull them out? And Instagram is Will So Chill. Nice, Will So Chill. <laughs> uh, so he's asking what baits? So the first one, it's, it's uh, what are your go-to baits? Uh when clear trout water stock lakes in the summer mm-hmm. and clear water. So not only your, your swim baits, but like a go-to bait, like, but you're mostly fishing swim baits though, right? 
I'm assuming he's talking about Southern California. I don't want to read into so. it too much. I think like, so. So he's talking about in general they are trout stocked, but come yeah. summertime they're no longer yes. trout stocked. You can still totally get away with the big bait presentation, but uh, bluegill color or something. I don't. I don't get into. No, I don't do it. But I know other guys do, and they have mm-hmm. success. And uh, different things work for everybody. I go out there and I power fish harder than I ever have. I fish faster. Uh, you might want to get into a hard bait that you're moving faster. Work those grass lines hard. Those big fish are still there. They're just, uh, say, not as plump. They're still there. But different parts of the country, he could be talking about uh, California trout stock lake in Northern California where they can catch monsters in the middle of the summertime. You know, there's a different quality of fishery. Like, you know. Do you fish up that way a lot? I haven't. Um, I haven't in quite some time. Really? It's 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 nice up there. <coughs> yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I also went up there two years ago and spent like a week in a cabin and got my ass kicked. Oh, really? It was like a horrible storm, but I was uh, out there every day, ice forming on the line. For a SoCal boy, you're like, this is fucked up, dude. <laughs> but I was out there. I was getting the bites, and you know, it was a good time, but just my timing was horrible. Yeah. Like, you know, and that was just, you're a victim of your work schedule and things like that. Right. So you're just like, hey, I got time. I got to go. Yeah. Who cares what it's like? Maybe it'll turn out great. Maybe I'll pop a giant fish. Maybe I won't. Yeah. You know? And then the other part of the question, he says, my fish like to hide in big trees and bush piles. What bait would you recommend to help pull them out? Uh, any weedless bait. Yeah. Uh, get just m- multiple, ver- like if they're deep in them, yeah, you have to go weedless. You got, I mean, my baits, uh, Rago's baits. I'm trying to think of people that make a good weedless bait, mm-hmm. uh, 316 stuff. There's, there's a lot of varieties out and they all have different action to them like an alpha shad or something like that, which has got a wedge tail, or I don't know if we call them wedge tails, how technically we want to call it, but the alpha shad, uh, the boot tail stuff like mine, citizens, uh, battle shads, and, like, and yeah, just a weedless bait. Yeah. And weight them. Like, don't just be stuck to the weighted beast hook. Like, throw tungsten <laughs> nails in them. Like, hey, dude, you yeah. got fish sitting 30 feet down. You got to get some down. T- yeah, <laughs> throw some of those, ba- like, those nails in it and get it down. Yeah. And then burn it past them. You get that reaction or slow it down. Maybe they just want you to run into the side of the tree and they're going to hit when it goes boom and then it comes off the side. All that stuff. I mean, I play the same game in like toolies. Like that's the same game, like along toolie lines. So with your bait, you're pitching it pretty much into the toolies and just. It, it depends. Like uh, paralleling toolie lines was always like effective at Otai. Um, it's, it's effective at anywhere if you do it right, if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hate telling people like what's right and what's wrong because. There might be somebody out there that's per, like throwing perpendicular and smoking them. I don't yeah. know. They keep yeah. it to themselves. But like what I'm always a big advocate for paralleling, especially for guys that are on shore, like paralleling, paralleling, paralleling. I think it's weird to see big bait tossing going down, like out to the middle of the lake when there's nothing out there, unless you somehow know there's like a, like this bite where they're shooting up yeah. 30 feet or something like, yeah. but like just aimlessly casting, it's like, no, you have a target. Even if there's nothing above the water that you can see, your target is that parallel shoreline. Mm-hmm. There might be a f- fish sitting, sitting one foot in one foot of water, staring at that shoreline where you're like, ah, there's nothing going to be there. You throw it and you just bring it along and it just boom. And it yeah. turns around instantly and tries to run back out to deeper water. I yeah. mean, there's bites like that, that you just would never think. Yeah. You're like, oh. gotta try it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you think it is about 
fishing that draw skateboarders to it. Not only me, but a lot of my homies I grew up with uh, skating are now fishing. That's uh, Devin Williams. I think it's the freedom. I don't see a lot of skate rat dudes like myself <laughs> getting drawn into like the tournament aspect of it. Yeah. I see a lot of the older skate community moving over into fishing or into hunting, other things like that, where they're like, hey, this is like an individual activity I can do, or I can have a couple bros come along. Mm -hmm. It's not serious. It's lighthearted, but you you do set goals for yourself. Guys are excited. Like I I tend to see the the skate side of it kind of, they slide in and kind of go off to the big bait side a lot quicker than a lot of other guys do. I think there's something there. I'm not sure what it is, but it's like, go, you know, like, as cliche as it is, like go big or go home. You want to go there and you want to do the biggest <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah. Here's one from at Jake M fishing. When mm -hmm. you fish a new lake with swim baits, what is your first move and what is your first bait to throw? Uh, I think covering the water and you can throw, you take your most proven bait is what I do. Mm -hmm. Take the most proven bait. The one that you're the most stoked on that, you know, you're going to be able to throw all day long. You know, this bait gets bit. And just cover a lot of water. Use your electronics, like starting to understand how the, 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 the water's changing or the um, bottom's changing the structure. And try and mark fish. Don't worry about catching fish that day. If you happen to stumble across some, that's awesome. Your, your work was easy, but just like going out and covering it. Also, I mean, reach out to some of the local homies. Hey, dude, you know, I'm here in town for a couple of days. Like, what would be best? You don't have to tell me what you're doing. Just just point in the right direction. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as you're not getting into like, I want to know exactly where you caught your fish away. <laughs> and nobody's afraid to give you a point in the right direction. Yeah. A gentle like, hey, don't waste your time on this. But sometimes somebody tells you not to waste your time on it. Maybe nobody else is wasting their time on it, meaning that those fish haven't seen that bait in a long time or something. Yeah. You know, so it's not like your better judgment. But yeah, cover water. Um and just try and learn yeah. rather rapidly. Don't sit in one spot all day long expecting to fish. Yeah, keep moving. Yeah. If you have another, if you're coming back the next day, keep moving. Keep notes in your mind. Come back the next day where you saw fish and try and target those fish. Will you mark a lot of spots with your like GPS and stuff? Uh, or not really. I do, but that's kind of a little bit later in the the pattern. Like of like once you get a little bit more familiar and start going, okay, there really is something here. You know, there is something worth note. This is how I should set up. But again, we're like in fishbowls here in San Diego where you mark it and then you're like, rarely need to look at it ever again. Because like, you can see, right? The, the shoreline. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can look at the shoreline. Sometimes, I mean, it does get a little weird, like where there are like the water level changes and you're like, man, this, this is in a different spot. Mm -hmm. You know, Otai did that. El Cap did that. Like there were certain things. Skinner does that. I mean, all of our lakes do it. Mm -hmm. Diamond Valley. The only ones that don't is like Murray and Miramar. They're like relatively the same <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Just cover water. That's the best way. Yeah. I think. All right. When we're uh, talking about big bait. So I'm just yeah, talking about big, big bait. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Scott. What is your go-to way to fish big bass that are very smart and easily spooked? Would it be a change of lure, uh, or you, would you approach the fish in a different way than others would? I'll use an example of a fish, well, maybe two fish this year. So one fish was, and this is, this is my general approach. 
So there was a lot of tough days, and I finally had a fish show itself. I was like, oh, cool, but it was kind of a fluke. But I knew there was fish in the general area. Um, she showed herself. She's in heavy, 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 heavy cover. And like, oh. I kept fishing it over the couple of weeks, changing my angle, going how, watching how other people are coming into this cove, how they're fishing it. And so I started coming and presenting at a different, the exact opposite of how everybody else comes into it. That still didn't work out. But there was always this overlaying mat that's far in the back. Or I'm like, eh, but it's so much you just you can't really get a bait in there. But a lot of guys you won't cast to it because you're worried about how you're gonna get bit or whatever any of that stuff or how you're gonna get it out. And I kind of always adopted the philosophy of like worry about getting bit first and mm -hmm. what you're gonna do after. So with this fish, I throw back into it like a frog with a 10 inch bait, <laughs> and then it comes off the mat, and I instantly I'm trying to create a reaction as of like a trout is just got in the water and it's like oh shit yeah, and so it's burning through all these toolies and this 10 plus pound bass porpoises out of the water, grabs it and takes it right back down. And so then it's game on after that. I knew that fish was there. I just had to figure out where she was over the course of a couple of weeks. And she finally, she was playing like a frog in the middle of uh, January. <laughs> like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Same type of deal, a different fish. It took a cat and mouse game of two weeks of figuring out this angle. And I finally had to basically let the wind blow me all the way in. Cause this fish was very interested but she was playing that game where I'd see her 10 feet out. And I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> so I finally let the wind blow me like kind of in. Yeah. And I, I got nestled up against these Thule lines and I'm firing into like heavy cover where you're not going to get a lot of baits through mm -hmm. knowing she's in that general vicinity. And I'm trying to keep a low profile. I don't want, they can see a, a decent, you know, distance way. The wind's blowing in your favor. Use all these nature things to, to your advantage. Wind blowing, blowing your boat in, no trolling motor, wind disrupting the surface of the water and then just making that cast no she's gonna eventually have to eat and uh yeah she ate she she ate too so i was you know stoked like i know those big that's my approach at them but yeah the, the, the other thing too is you're coming back for those how much time are you spending at a spot like say you find the fish you're like oh shit once you see that fish you go fuck it i'm moving going to the next spot i'm gonna come back to that spot in a week or, or in a couple days yeah that's a, no that's a good good follow-up like so if i see a fish that follows in a bait I'm not, that fish like came to the boat. There's yeah. no, there's no, in my mind, I'm not saying this might work for other people. There's no point in sitting there throwing right back out. Yeah. Like you already brought the fish to your boat. Unless you see her fired up and she just turns back and runs <laughs> yeah. out there. You got a couple of them. Like I typically will just move, but I'm going to move to a casting distance away and I might throw once back to where I brought her to. That's worked oh, before. Oh, so from your so you I move your boat, but you're casting where you were. Yeah. That's a good good. Uh, good yeah, piece and of that's advice. not my that's not my concept. That's like an old concept in yeah. swim bait fishing, repositioning mm -hmm. the fish. Like it's you've moved those fish. Mm -hmm. They're now sitting in that general area that you moved them to. Move your boat out and cast to them that way, and you might bring them that way. Yeah. So I'll you know I'll do that, and then I might come back an hour later, two hours later. I'll play the game of cat and mouse with this fish until she gets caught, until I stop seeing her. That's pretty much the way it goes. Yeah. So you may end up having 10 different locations where you know bass exist and you're keeping an eye on them, like an eagle eye on them. Like, I hope nobody else goes <laughs> over there because you know they're there. Oh, I bet. In the, in the days man. in Otai, we would talk about it with some of like the friends, like uh, Jimmy NSX, uh, My Noir, we would talk about, we know there's a fish over there at that corner. Yeah. You're like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to go? Like, oh, I saw, you know, it's. And are you, yeah, when you Adam catch Hingle these, the same way. When you catch these fish, are you kind of like, 
if there's dudes around and you're like, oh shit, and kind of don't want to pull it out. And I mean, it's hard now. Is it? Yeah. Like I, I don't have anything to hide. I'm more concerned of just like somebody coming back and fishing that same spot. Right now, though, I'm not patterning anything so much so of, like, it's a generic spot. It's about the fish, like, holding up, basically. Like, yeah. she's claimed this spot is hers for a little bit. So if I've caught her, I've caught her. Somebody else isn't going to, like, come back. And they, I mean, they may. Yeah. Like, you can catch fish within the same stretch of shoreline year after year after year. Yeah. Like, they're, they're like homebodies in a sense. Like, yeah. They got their schedule, too. They're moving apart at the lake, but it's not far. Like, mm-hmm. so... uh I used to, and it's bit me in the ass a couple of times. Where you're like, oh. but part hey, of the game, I mean, right? it's, yeah, it's part of the yeah. game, dude. You're out there on public water. Like, yeah. What do you do? Like out there, have a yelling match and shit? No, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, I've been in some of them where it's like this is mind blowing, dude. But I'm probably the out. dick in that situation. That's what's crazy. <laughs> um, this is from Adam Spy Six. From your experience, what which bait has the biggest drawing power? I guess he's thinking McGlide. Yeah, depending on, I'm not sure. So, the biggest drawing power bait I've ever fished was the original Hinkle, mm-hmm. the prototype Hinkles with the traditional style joint. That was the biggest drawing. Had little rubber bumpers in it. It was an extremely uh, slow sink, almost to the point where it's like some days you're like, is that bad boy floating out there? <laughs> you know, and I was, you know, I put my own little weight to it, but that bait really got a lot of looks. The depth's 250, it gets a lot of looks. But you start getting in this realm of like, are you out there trying to go on big bass sightseeing tours? Or are you out there trying to catch fish? I don't care how many fish I saw that or day. You can pull out. You I want to be able to capitalize on it and go yeah. back and catch them. And so there are plenty of baits like, dude, HUDs, like the damage people did with HUDs, like when they were first released, is nice. And still to this day, yeah. there's a lot of untapped water in America that th- those fish haven't seen a lot of HUDs. You get into like the bait smiths, you know, things like that. Those, those, those baits, when you're not seeing a lot of followers because you're getting committers. And that's really something about a soft bait that I really enjoy. Same as like my the larger battle shad. Like, dude, just like a bait smith or a, a HUD. I mean, there's different bites around those, but they eat it. Like, boom. You know, like with the, the big battle shad that I fish a lot, I, part of the reason why I love it so much is I don't get a lot of followers. I get committers, and there's no doubt that they ate the bait. <laughs> it's like a thump, you yeah, know? Like yeah. um, a bait smith. They're not following. It obviously gets their attract like attention. They eat it differently. Yeah, you, you don't feel it. Bass are like extremely fascinating. It's a like fascinating experience to target like big bass in uh, just seeing be- behavior. It's like anecdotal evidence, but you're like, dude, they're they're doing some shit. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I've had those times. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to go on. What's the next question? <laughs> oh, dude. This is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is from Tyler, AKA fishing Northern Cali. Uh, can you go through the stages and which category of bait works best when, for example, wintertime, bottom bait, springtime, pre-spawn, summertime jointed. I think you've gone over a couple of those, you know, uh, maybe wintertime, I guess. That's a good, that's a hard time to fish, right? What? Winter. Is that better for you guys? Oh, it is on huh? stormy weather and shit. That's prime time. <laughs> I mean, dude, those... 
the uh, worst months are the biggest months. Like, that's the best way to put it. Nobody else is out there. That's when you should be out there. Like I was saying, earlier days in Otai, it was like November, December. Nobody's out there. Yeah. Nobody's out there. And you could go out there and catch 12 double digits in, in December. Nobody's, nobody's out there. Now it's a different story, but uh, I'm not a believer in that whole, I used to be, and I used to kind of like stay committed to that question when he's talking about different times of years, different bait. You want to really be crawling a bait. And it, <laughs> I've learned a lot in the last couple of years that it kind of throws a lot of that out of the window is like nonsense. It really comes down to, are you fishing the bait the best you can? Are you fishing the bait in the way it excels? So, I mean, if you're fishing a boot tail style bait, it's not meant to be crawled across the bottom of the, like the yeah, lake. Yeah. You want to get some action out of that. If you're fishing a HUD, <coughs> I started realizing I do a lot better of like, I don't know how to describe it. Just kind of skipping. Like you're hopping across the surface of the moon. I've gotten plenty of bites. I'm just like floating out there in space. It's like, yeah, I'm just not a believer in that anymore. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, I think you, you can catch fish on baits um, whenever you want. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not a go-to really. Yeah, and I feel like it's like, ugh catch blowback from that because guys are going to want to preach about certain things it's just like i'm not a believer in that anymore yeah let's just put that enough experience where i just like nah there are baits that excel at certain times but i think you can throw stuff all year long like, yeah three years ago if somebody would have said you're catching you know double digit fish on a large boot tail in the middle of winter when it's 52 degrees you're full of shit and i'm like okay i'm full of <laughs> shit but i'm the one holding the fish you know like yeah it, yeah that sounds super cocky but like no that's some, it's the truth yeah yeah you're like, telling the truth you're not saying yeah. anything that's not real the same as the glide bait stuff yeah it's like people were when the, when the when the glide bait first hit people were selling it as it's like a, a post-spawn type of thing and i'm just sitting back and i'm sure other guys are doing the same thing where i'm like bro i caught those fish in december when the water is like the coldest is gonna <laughs> yeah, be yeah yeah like uh, you know there's like a there's a maybe there's a time that, like, there's a lot of like now, I don't think it's intentional misinformation. It's just a lot of regurgitation of information that goes on online. But then you also have to take uh, into account that everybody has their own experiences on the water. Yeah. yeah. So, Here's right. another one. Um, how long do you throw a lure in a specific spot before moving, which I think we kind of talked about already. You know, uh, I only make a couple casts yeah. and I move on. And that was from... Yeah. I have no clue. IGT, low Mike Rogers. Too. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know Mike Rogers. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what was his question again? Um, How long have you... No, that's not... Shout out to Mike Rogers, yeah. my old neighbor. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. How long do you throw a lure in a specific spot before moving spots or switching lures? This dude has my own. My he could just text me this, this question. <laughs> I don't know. Who, I don't know what this one is. Wait, no, hold on. I, that's not Mike. That wasn't Mike Rogers anymore. Sorry. It was. This is a different one. Oh, okay. It says, "How rad is Billy Skinner?" I don't know Billy. And it came from Dickhead for Life. I don't oh know. yeah. I don't know who Billy Skinner. That is. might be Billy Skinner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. I know a bunch of guys that know Billy Skinner and they like him a lot. Who's so I'm Billy sure. Skinner? I don't, I don't he makes know. Skinner rods. He makes a okay. bunch of baits. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude out there in the desert. Yeah, he's got some crazy shit going on with like a bait with a dick on it. Like, <laughs> it's wild. But dude, that's what, hey. 
I was just saying, people do, pit, their, yeah, do their own <laughs> shit. Oh, he made up a classic video one time. I think it was like, yeah. And it, <laughs> it's, it's the bait with the little mini dick hanging. And he's like, yeah, and they really key on this. And he's just poking fun at a lot of people probably at yeah. that point, you yeah. know, which is great. Even if it's me or whoever, it's poking at. It's like, you got to laugh that shit off. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's great. Like, <laughs> hey, dude, give me that dick bait. Like, whatever it was, like, I don't know. It's good, though. Like, I need that dick bait. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a, he's a, I'm sure he's, he's a, a handful and probably has a good personality and all, doing all types of ill shit. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know him personally, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we fucking hit all the questions, bro. All right, perfect. we've done a pretty good podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, easy enough. Thanks for coming on, bro. Uh, where can they get your stuff at? Uh, Website. We Instagram. have uh, Instagram is working dot class zero. Wait, working dot class dot zero. Okay, that's Instagram for the brand. My individual channel is on Instagram is Gilbert Mike at Gilbert Mike, and then our web store is working class zero dot store. Okay. And then we actually have just a website. Okay. I mean, there, there's a list now. It's like, uh, and that's <laughs> workingclass0.net. And uh-huh. then you can find us on YouTube at, I I don't even know. It's just Working Class you have Zero. A link, I'm sure, probably. Yeah. On Instagram. It's just, yeah. There's like, yeah. it's like money. There's like your user ID is different. I don't know. There's some weird stuff. It's just Working <laughs> Class Zero. You can see my ugly face there. It's, yeah, that's me. WCZ is what You do like a lot the of the videos. Of. Yeah. On yeah. There. Okay. Solely. I mean, I want to start encouraging dudes to do, be more proactive in it. Like that's yeah. my whole goal, goal of like doing the brand is like the fishing industry is like kind of corrupt. Mm-hmm. I want to make it more like the skate industry where dudes like they get paid for the shit they're doing. They get paid like, Oh, you got a signature model on it. Oh, you get paid for it. Yeah. Not yeah. this like low level weird shit where you're like, bro, you got three rods with your name on it and you don't, they, they, they allot you four rods. Like what? <laughs> it, what? What? Like, you know, that's like insane stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. but then there's also that problem of, uh, guys, I was talking to you earlier, earlier, like, go, why are you making money off fishing, bro? And it's like, mm. I don't know. So that's like, the well, whole, how, how do you, uh, I mean, how do you keep doing something for free? You can't. And if you're putting money into something like a product or something, what do you, what do you expect, man? Yeah. No, you can't, you can't, you can't provide something and people got to understand that. Yeah. You know, like you, there's t- I think people get, yeah. I mean, like we got kids, we got families, dude. It's like, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. And I've, you know, no, I know. But I, I totally, and I, we want to wrap this up, but I, I, I still think this one of the best thing that's happened to big bait fishing. And at the time, uh, I thought it was like, people were kind of, there was blowback, but Butch getting that deal with depths. I mean, dude, he got his foot in the door and that was like a legit step. There's been other guys that have done it, but it's always been on like the back of somebody else's hard work where this was like, he is going to be the front man and he's going to get a check. And this is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. like a signature model and he's going to get a check. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Guys that are leading the charge like that should start reaping some rewards for all the, their effort at the time. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? I agree. Like, yeah. Instead of like somebody being like, ah, damn, I'm, I'm paying more for him now. And all this. <laughs> it's like, well, there's more hands at stake in that. And it's just like, be some more. I think guys could be a lot more supportive of, other di- other guys that are in the arena too. Yes, being like, "Hey, dude, I get it. It's the grind. I want you to succeed. Because if you're going to succeed, I'm going to succeed. Yeah. And then once we all start succeeding, it's going to elevate this whole thing. Not to get into this like utopian style idea of like kumbaya, no. but just like I think there's a lot of dissatisfied people with the fishing industry right now. And 
if you don't like that shit, you got to change it. Yeah. Change it to what you do like or what has worked or what the model you've grown up. Me just happens to be the skate industry. Yeah. It's, that's not perfect, but I'll tell you what, it was for a bunch of hooligans and a bunch of high school dropouts and shit. They ran it way cleaner than the shit I see going on in fishing, <laughs> which is mind blowing. Yes. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's, the, that's the big scheme. I don't need to run, run on forever. No, no it, problem. Dude. It, yeah. it does. It does drive me to like, you know, get fired up sometimes. Of like why I do stuff. It's like you know this is just it's just fucked up. You no, know, and it's it, you know? yeah understandable. And I'm still yeah. super small, but I'm taking I'm being proactive in trying to set up with like certain dudes of like hey here's the discount, and that's just like a small step in that direction to go hey I want to build relationships with certain people, and eventually maybe all of us can be larger brands that you're like hey right. you actually have staffs and you're employing people so that you're not having to work at walmart anymore <laughs> guess what you have a job because you've been supportive of these other brands and yes. now they're big enough to actually employ a bunch of people mm-hmm. instead of sitting online talking <laughs> shit about them for 24 hours a day like <laughs> yeah you're yeah. shooting yourself in the foot but i mean different ideas people yeah. might say it like nah you know yeah that's yeah. a hard one that's a hard line to walk for sure yeah sorry but, uh, a little hey, bit of a rant not at all dude <laughs> again i appreciate you coming on taking the time to drive down here dude yeah. uh thanks for listening everyone Thanks, goodbye.